a long day for me. No boohoo buckaroo. I've just talked sports. But I feel like it's it's just getting started, Josh. Let's go. So what does your schedule look like? When do you leave? It's got to be um, soon, right? Yeah, yeah. I got to be at the airport by about 1230. So we'll finish the show up and I'll get over there. I'm a... Uh, Max Westheimer? No. Oklahoma City. We'll, 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 we'll have some radio magic. Shh, don't tell anyone. But I am uh, I'm flying today, Josh. I'm flying. I know. That's uh, good times. Perilous. That is I, perilous. I think the good news is, though, I think I'm sitting next to Toby. So, And, and I've got a couple finishing <laughs> touches to put on my Eric Gray feature. So I've got things to keep me busy. Right, I've got things to keep my mind off the fact that we're in a uh, um, an oxygen-filled like pill that's breaking every single law of gravity while flying through ninety-mile-an-hour winds right now. I'll be good. I'll be good. Do you feel better being around you know somebody like Toby, you know people you know, or would you rather be around? More and not that everybody on the football team sure. or whoever broadcast team is going to be a stranger, but people maybe you don't know as well because you're obviously distraught. I just need I just need to be able to be allowed to be in like my own little world. Does that make any sense? Yeah, you need there. to freak out comfortably in peace. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. Um, but that's me. That's me. I am. I'm a paranoid flyer. And it's just, it's the track in life that I have chosen. All right, let me rephrase that. It's the, the track in life that has been chosen for me. So, there you go. Um, <laughs> flying is, here we go. Flying is safer than driving in a car. No, Gunny, it's not. Sorry. I, I, I could not disagree more. But here's all the stats. Sorry, couldn't disagree more. This is one of those situations where you could stand outside with me and show me um, that the sky is blue, and I would argue and say it's gray, and I just, I'm sorry. I cannot believe those stats. So here we go. Here we go, baby. It's on. But no, I think I'm getting better. I actually think I'm getting a lot better. I didn't even get worried at all whenever I went to see my son, even though I did have to break out the barf bag because I thought I was going to throw up on, on landing in Newark. <laughs> Jeez, where do these pilots get their training from? Come on, guys. All right, Um, what do you say we get to some – sports news shall we josh i like sports news top five stories today every single day here on the plank show brought to you by newcastle casino here we go let's do it it's time for the top five stories of the day brought to you by newcastle casino newcastle casino where real gamers play let's go go. newcastle casino online at newcastlecasino.com Bring you the top five stories today, every single day here on the Plank Show. You ready? Big story number five. Let's do it. Number five. All right, big night across the state of Oklahoma as high school football playoff action is in full swing. Now, you get a weekend off, don't you? I, no, I do not. Uh-oh. I am uh, headed to Owasso. Oh, no. To... I'm sorry. No, I believe now. Uh, once we sign off the show, actually, I'm not even leaving until a little bit later than that because, gotcha. uh, 
Well, it, my traveling plans, who cares, right? I'm leaving a little bit later, but I'll be calling the uh, West Morawaso game tonight, which, by the way, we've got that on KRefSports.tv tonight. Here's the rest of our broadcast schedule. Norman travels to Broken Arrow. Edmund Memorial will play host to Enid, and Edmund North uh, off to Jinx. So all of that on KRefSports.tv tonight. <clears throat> <clears throat> Have you failed to mention one major game that's going down here this evening, Josh? Does uh, Do the Washington Warriors play? Tonight, live from Reed Field, the Washington Warriors look to right a wrong. They look to climb the unclimbable mountain. When the chase for the gold ball starts at 730 against arguably one of the greatest names in all of high school football in Oklahoma, the Atoka Wampus Cats. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I, I hate, I'm not going to be here, so I'll follow along with our guys on K-Rep. You, you, I didn't know you were doing the Westmore game tonight. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Will you get to see Coach Blankenship before pregame? Probably not, but if I do, what would you like me to say? I, I would like for you to – I don't want you – just walk out to midfield like you own the joint. <laughs> I would never do that, but go ahead. Do it. Say, Coach Blankenship, I just needed some advice. I have to do a daily radio show with Chris Plank. What should I do? And I want to see what advice he gives you. <laughs> just walk around. It's, it, Bill's awesome. And I there is a, if, if you haven't had a chance yet – and. Wait, hold on. We're rooting for Westmore, right? Since I'm now on the west side of the state. You know what? There is no rooting interest okay, okay. for All me. Right, fair enough. Fair enough. But Bill Haston, maybe if you've listened to this show, you know him as Bill Hastings. Uh, Bill Haston wrote a really cool piece in today's Tulsa World about Bill Blankenship. And um, he had a great run as a high school coach. What I mean, great run. Hall of Fame run as a high school coach at Union. Um I thought he did a really nice job. The dude walked away from his profession as a high school football coach when he was at his highest and kind of took a wing and a prayer and started as a college assistant. And the next thing you know, he's head football coach at the University of Tulsa. Did a nice job. Um, but now back in the high school ranks and crushing it at Owasso, won a state championship a couple of years ago. And tonight, you can hear them on krefsports.tv against Westmore. Anything else high school football-wise we need to talk about? 6A1's pretty interesting, or Norman and Broken Arrow tonight, 7 o'clock, as you mentioned. Even though Jinx took care of business uh, last week, they've still got some work to do. They've got to take on Edmund Dorth here this evening. So a lot of fun stuff across 6A1 right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I'm looking at this. I mean, we've got, what, every Everyone's playoff game. game. So yeah. So that's, that's pretty awesome. And obviously, uh, Bixby, Mustang, Union, Norman North, they have buys this week, so they're uh, awaiting winners. Does that mean we're getting a home game next week at Harv Collins Field? You're regardless? doggone right. All right. Big story. Wait, in, okay. Are we good? Do we, Perry, is that good? <laughs> KRefSports.tv, people. Watch along. There you go. Now, now quick, quick little sidebar from this, too. Um, did Connor's schedule get screwed up by having to sit in for the first half of the show? Then I'll feel really bad. I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so. He wanted to talk about the Sooners anyway. All right, um, big story number four. Number four. Oh. All right, currently on our Norman 
flagship, AM 1400, Sports Talk 99.3 FM. The University of Oklahoma women's basketball team is battling SMU. You can hear it live on the Sooner Radio Network. So far, so good. Sooners are rolling. We'll keep, and by the way, they started out 1 0. They took care of business in game one. Courtesy with a minute 54 to go in the first half. Sooners up 44 32. Maddie Williams already has 11 points for the Sooners. Ashley Jones has five. Nevaeh Tott um, has five as well. So good start for Maddie Williams. Sooners rolling 44 32. You can hear that game right now on. Can we stream it too or no? It's, it can't, that's why the stream was messed up earlier, isn't it? Yes, okay, that's, that's exactly why. 1,499.3 FM. And speaking of basketball, it's going to be a weird night for me, Josh, because I don't know if I've ever watched an OU basketball game with Toby Rowland because he's always calling the game. And I don't even know if we've been on the road where he's missed a game. But tonight, and I know he has, I just I, I, I don't remember it. Tonight, OU looks to get their first one of the season against Arkansas Pine Bluff. 7 o'clock tip inside the LNC after Lamar Wilkerson went nuts and beat the Sooners on Monday night, Sam Houston State. Sooners now take on a UAPB team that nearly beat TCU. Coverage for you starts at 6.30 on the Sooner Radio Network and ESPN+. Plus. All right, so this, is, I, this guy has been – is there something wrong with his radio? He said the women's game isn't live. It's about a quarter behind on 1,400. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't even know if that's humanly possible. Wait, like, I, we're not tape delaying it. How could that even be real? Is that, is that what's happening right now? I hope not. I don't even know if that's – sir, you, you might be texting us from another dimension. You may, there might be a parallel universe. Are you in the upside-down world? Anyway, OU basketball at home tonight. All right. Um, did you ever hit big story number three? We need to. Let's do it. Number three. Real quickly, from the National Football League last night, uh, it was ugly. It was gross. Um, but in the end, Carolina found a way to take care of business beyond a former Big 12 star. Smith now motions right. The snap. Handoff Foreman running right side. Going downhill. 10-5. Touchdown. Deontay Foreman. Keep trucking. Was that game as disgusting on TV as it was for me to watch, Josh? Carolina ends up winning over Atlanta. It was pretty disgusting. I uh, I feel bad. I feel really, really bad for Amazon Plus right now because they are Amazon Prime, excuse me, because they have they had the great opening game, and since then, twenty five fifteen in a rainstorm was the final score last night. Meanwhile, um, on the NFL side of things, as we brought up right to start this hour, Josh Allen hasn't practiced in the last three days, so not looking good for him to play. And every single player on the Raiders is on injured reserve now. Anything else I'm leaving out? Mm, I think we're good. Oh, the Chargers cut Tillery, their first-round pick in 19. I'm so bitter about the NFL right now. We just probably need to move on to big story number two. Yeah, and don't feel too bad for Al Michaels and company. He's worth, yeah. I don't know, I was probably, say, probably like $10 million this season alone. <laughs> you know, as you hit big story number two, 
Number two. I, I feel like I turned into Kindle last night on Twitter. Um, and I, I was, people were like, oh, poor, poor Al Michaels having to watch this. I'm like, bro. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to be poor Al Michaels. Are you kidding yeah. me? You, you pay me what they're paying Al Michaels to call a football game and like nine of them? You could have a flag football game going on. I'll treat it like it's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it'd be the final year I'd be calling football, too. Right, I'd be done. It's like 15, 16 mil. Why do you need another contract? Go. All right, see you guys later. Got to go buy my island. <laughs> um, I don't – Josh, I, I'm cracking up because I don't know how to help this person. Nothing is tape delayed on the network. It's just – it's like – it's impossible. It's impossible. Unless am I living in the future right now, Josh? Am I currently because if I am, I'd like to know the finish of some games. Right? Um, big story number two, really fun college football weekend ahead of us, right? I mean, this is a station that is pigeonhole focused and all about the Oklahoma Sooners, but you know, there is a lot in the Big Twelve that's interesting. Like, for instance, for instance, you've got Texas and TCU. And I don't know if it's been talked about enough, but there's there's a lot of intriguing storylines to this beyond just TCU fighting for a spot in the 14 playoff. I mean, I don't feel like we've forgotten about it, Josh, but Gary Patterson is the head coach of the Horn Frog or of, of the was the horn head coach of the Horn Frogs, and now he's an assistant at Texas. It's a major story. There's a statue of Gary Patterson out in front of Amon G. Carter Stadium, for goodness sakes. Yeah, the subplot of the game itself, given, you know, obviously what he was for years. I mean, he, he is TCU football before this season. Right? I know Sonny Dykes has done an amazing job, but TCU is not in the Big 12 Conference if it's not for the work that Gary Patterson did. And, you know, look, I'm the first guy to – point out that it wasn't necessarily great at the end of Gary Patterson. And uh, frankly, I thought things yeah. were a little overrated there. But you can't discredit the entirety of what Patterson did and meant to TCU. And you can't really tell the story of TCU football without Gary Patterson. So, yeah, the fact that he's wearing burnt orange this weekend is weird. crazy. It's weird. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian was asked about the Gary Patterson focus and approach this weekend at his press conference on Monday. I'll say this about Gary. Gary works 24-7 to beat anybody. He's got, he's, got, uh, he's got an unbelievable just work ethic about him, you know, and he's got a great deal of discipline in his approach and to what he does and how he does it. Um, this week hasn't, hasn't been any different, you know. He, he does a great job of advanced scouting for us, uh, of getting ahead for, for opponents that are, that are on the come. Um, he does a great job of relaying his thoughts and information to the defensive staff. Um, and for me, he's a great sounding board for me, whether it's about, you know, kind of temperature on the team, um, you know, kind of thoughts, you know, about even the defense, you know, as, as I go into it and I'm game planning an opponent, a lot of times I'll ask him about, hey, what about this? What about that? Would this be difficult to defend or not? Uh, so he's a great sounding board. Um, we, like I said, we're really fortunate to have him. And I, the one thing that I think, Gary probably doesn't get enough credit for, uh, at least in these parts of Texas, is the the team guy that he is. He's got great rapport with our staff. He's got great rapport with our players. 
Uh, he's a really likable person. You know, he, he just like people like to be around him. Um, and so beyond the football aspect of it, I think what he brings, the presence he brings has been really beneficial to us. Sounds like he's doing a little bit more than they had let on at first, <laughs> which is kind of cool. But I, Again, we've talked about it some. Uh, I'm going to imagine since game day is there, it's going to get hammered all day on Saturday with uh, Gary Patterson. And let's not forget, you know, he and Skip uh, Spike Dykes, sorry, Sonny Dykes, coached together at TCU. When, when Dykes got fired by Cal, he went and spent a year at TCU, and apparently they became really good friends. But let's not forget, Patterson was still bent about the fact that when they had that dust up at the end of TCU SMU last year, that did we talk about this yesterday? I'm sorry, did we, I, have I already brought this up? Is this old news? Well, even if you, I don't think you have. Okay, but right, even if you right. have, I mean, hey, it's a new day, right? Turning into an old man here, telling all my same stories that I think are unique. I do too many radio. Come shows around now. here. Come on. Hey, did I ever tell you about that time that I was scared flying? <laughs> um, but you know, Patterson was mad at Sonny Dykes last year, and I don't, I don't know if it ever got resolved. Because when they had that dust up and Jerry Kill got knocked down, remember? Because SMU tried to plant the flag and it became this big brawl at midfield. Dykes called and apologized to the athletic director, Jeremiah Donati, and, and never even reached out to Gary Patterson. So Patterson was bent about that. But, you know, here we saw the video from earlier this year, right, where Patterson was was asking, I think, it might have been after the OU Texas game if TCU had won that day. So maybe calmer, cooler heads have prevailed. But regardless, it's a storyline in my mind. Storyline in my mind with Patterson going up against TCU. I think that's fun. Kansas State Baylor to me is an elimination game for the Big 12 championship game and potentially the Big 12 title. I don't really have much for you on Iowa State, Oklahoma State, except I kind of think Iowa State might beat them. And obviously, there's Probably not as much interest as you would typically have in a Kansas Tech. Well, let me rephrase that. There's not a lot of interest in Kansas Texas Tech either. Unless we're sitting here wondering if Joey McGuire's team can get right after, you know, playing. Did you know another side story I learned this morning? Do you know te- uh, Texas Tech and their trip to Fort Worth? They had to they had to sit on a tarmac in Lubbock for nine hours. And in my mind, I'm like, bro, get in the car and drive from Lubbock to Fort Worth. Probably the same thing people were saying when we were stuck on a tarmac for Manhattan a couple years ago. But they were stuck on a tarmac for like nine hours and still went out and played pretty good football last week against TCU. So maybe maybe, maybe there's a little bit of fun there for Texas Tech and Kansas. We'll see. But nationally, man, I feel like all eyes are on TCU, Texas. I've, I mean, Alabama, Ole Miss, pretty big. But I feel like we're kind of in the center of the college football world in this conference this week. It obviously stinks that Oklahoma's at where Oklahoma's at, 5-4, and 2-4, four, and four, not a factor in the Big 12 race. But every week in this league is just – it's just awesome right now with uh, the way some of these programs have gotten better. I mean, that Iowa State-Oklahoma State game that you're talking about, obviously in part because of the Spencer Sanders injury and his status. But all of a sudden, Iowa State wins that game and – 
they're back to 500 plank and they've got Texas Tech and a trip to TCU left on the schedule to try and track down bowl eligibility. Kansas, right? Just got bowl eligible. Texas Tech, similar similar situation maybe to Iowa State. They need this game at home versus Kansas to get themselves within a win of bowl eligibility. Kansas State Baylor, massive Big 12 title game implications and then yeah, you're right, at the zenith, at the centerpiece of college football this week is TCU's trip to Texas. It's great. It's fun to see. Did I mention Kansas State Baylor in there? Wow. All right, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Sooners got to get right. You know, we thought maybe Kansas was the get-right game. It never really materialized after the beating Iowa State. You felt good, but the loss to Baylor, you felt like it was a big-time setback. What, what have we learned about West Virginia? And what do we know about where the Sooners are health-wise heading into Saturday? We'll get into that next. Plus, our elite roofing system, who's on top right after the bottom of the hour, right here on the home of Sooner fans. We are the home of Sooner fans, preempted today in our Norman flagship, but we appreciate those of you who have found us, not just on 94 on the Ref app or at kref.com. Josh gets to go to Tulsa tonight for the Owasso game. You can hear him on krefsports.tv. Uh, and we got you covered. We got a lot of high school football. Fun night, start of the high school football playoffs. And um, I, I say this, I feel like in Oklahoma you get incredible high school football coverage. And, you know, I've been blessed to be a part of, of, of radio stations since I've started in radio that have been really committed to, to high school football and its coverage. But I'll say this. Um, I don't know if anyone does it better than our crew. So, if you need high school football coverage tonight, we got you covered at krefsports.tv. Okay, two things. Number one, I want to I want to real quick before we talk West Virginia, go back to big story number two, and it's all the great college football games we have this weekend. Has anything over the last, I don't know, Josh, three or four days changed your opinion? about how you feel TCU and Texas is going to go on Saturday night. Has there been a number, a stat, something that when you've seen it, you're like, hum, this has kind of caused me to reevaluate how I feel about this game. Anything? No, not really. And I expect TCU is going to win the game uh, just because I think TCU, uh, you know, look – Quentin Johnson, is he not playing? We don't know. I think he'll play, and it's too important for him not to play. That part scares me a little bit for TCU's sake, so if you're asking something that might shift me the other direction toward Texas, that would be one of the reasons why. But otherwise, until I see Texas win this type of game where Mm -hmm. Big 12 title game ramifications late in the season are on the line, I'm not picking them to win that. TCU – I fully suspect this is going to be a come-down-to-the-wire football game, and just my gut tells me they're going to find a way to leave Austin a winner. You mean like every single TCU football game seemingly this season outside of Oklahoma? And probably they'll trail <laughs> by 14 points at some point. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. That that was one thing that kind of changed my opinion. I, 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 I'm not going to lie because I – well, two things. Number one, everyone, Josh, in the Ref Royal Rumble picked TCU – um, and I don't know if we've ever all been right when we're all on the same game. So that kind of concern. I mean, literally, I think everyone outside of me, and, and by the way, how did that work for Tyler and I? Great start to the weekend. Well, for me at least. 
with Tulsa getting smoked last night. Thanks for that one, Hurricast. But I, I don't know if we've ever had this much of the same pick. Have we? In the Ref Royal Rumble? Like, literally everyone but Tyler and I has a piece of TCU this weekend. Yeah, there was one game earlier this season where something similar happened. In, I think it was Miami A&M. Right, and I was kicking myself because – but everybody got it right. There was one week where, like, two or three people all had the same game, and I'm thinking – That nah. was Tennessee. That was Tennessee-Alabama last week. Okay, yeah, that, that's yeah. what I'm thinking Yeah, yeah, of. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and a bunch of people had that and got it right. I know. The, the last the, – the, the previous – Right. The previous time that happened was Miami A&M, and y'all got it wrong. <laughs> right. So, um, to me, that, that was a big sign. But, no, in, in all seriousness, the health issues with Quentin Johnston are concerning. Uh, he is a major part of what they do. And, listen, he's not the only guy. It, this is an old football team. You know, it, I, I, I love the, the theory that Matt Wells subscribed to, which is in college football the biggest key is to what? Get old and stay old. At a place like Texas Tech or at a place like TCU. Get old, stay old, and you're able to develop and bring in guys, and that makes all the difference in the world. But, man, Quentin Johnston, that's a first-round NFL pick, Josh. That's a top 15 guy. And, uh, you know, I I guess it didn't register how little of a factor he was. I mean, but two snaps against Texas Tech, and you saw what Texas Tech did to him last week. So that concerned me a little bit more. But then on the flip side, on the flip side of that, something on the Texas kind of angle side that worried me a bit, right, Quinn Ewers is playing like dog. Mm-hmm. And I, and it's, it's a matter each week of which stat you want to use to sell which narrative, right? Because if you want, and you're a numbers guy, you can go back to the Oklahoma State game and say, well, he threw for 300 yards. What do you want, right? But then you look at the percentages from that game. I don't have my, my numbers right in front of me, but I want to say he completed like 30% of his passes and threw a couple picks. Um, he was better last week at you know the completion percentage, but it, it, it was all simple stuff, right? It, it was almost as if Steve Sarkeesian had schemed up a bunch of easy throws for him last week. So, listen, I'm not trying to get – I say I'm not trying to get too in-depth, and we've spent probably 10 minutes of it this hour on it. But I'm just I'm intrigued by those storylines heading into this week, and they've kind of made me change the way I've looked at this game. I kind of thought Texas was going to go in there and play well, but if TCU is able to make them one-dimensional and stop Kendra Miller from running the football, then uh, I'm sorry, TCU's going to make them one-dimensional and stop Bijan Robinson from running the football. I don't I don't know if Texas can beat you throwing the football against a good team. Yeah, that's obviously – no, you're not crazy, and that's obviously the MO for TCU. I just worry about TCU's ability in general to right. do kind of either of those things. And really, even if they stop the run, I feel like this is the week that because of who TCU is, maybe Ewers could have some success throwing the ball and yeah, kind of sure. get himself uh, back on track a little bit. I, I just – I expect this game to be a shootout. Because of who- – or because of who TCU is, Josh, um, Ewers gets knocked out of the game and Hudson Card ends up coming in and playing well. Yeah, right, and, and coming in and, and looking great. <laughs> All right, listen, quick break. When we come back, I, I probably, let's get to West Virginia. What do we know about the Mountaineers heading into this weekend? And our picks are right around the corner right here on The Ref. Josh, I know this. No lies were told. No lies were told during that commercial break. No lies. Uh, welcome back into the Plank Show. Hey, do you think we could ever find 
a way to have a service where people could subscribe and just hear all of our during the break conversations. I'd probably get in trouble with family members, but it might be good, you know, to make a few extra bucks for us. Dude, it would that would be the premium the premium plank show experience is yeah. really it's kind of it's kind of hidden, right? I don't know. We it might not be as popular with certain factions of the listening audience. Yeah. <laughs> there there would be a lot of people that would be like, "Bro, what why, why, why are you saying that right These guys now? are what, what, not what do you good mean? guys. Just not good at their core. <laughs> and then other times you're like, oh, such good people. It would be like a cliffhanger every single commercial break, Josh, if we're really good dudes or if we're just terrible. It would, Which, uh, by the way. It would really dampen the commercial break for me because as soon as I knew there was a paid premium experience for people that get to hear that portion of the show, my behavior would change dramatically. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right, listen. As Josh said, we only got well, Darren Brink. We got two segments to go. So let's make the most of this one before we pick a few games. Uh here's what I've learned about West Virginia and it blew my mind. I heard I heard their sideline guy, guy Jed Dryling, I, I think he was on with, with Gabe and Teddy, and he said when West Virginia is at home, they're a top ten scoring offense and total offense in the country. Now, for some perspective on that, they rank in the top yeah, 50-ish. So that's not kind of a difference. That is a massive difference. And in fact, if you drill deeper, it's like the number six scoring offense in all of college football when they're at home. So first off, you're dealing with a team that is a completely different entity at home than they are on the road. Now, I, that doesn't mean they win all their home games. They lost to Kansas earlier this year, but ended up beating Baylor. They lost to TCU a couple weeks ago, but played them very tough. That, to me, has been not just maybe in my, in my life, but in looking at this team, specifically West Virginia, the hardest thing to figure out, Josh, how can a team be one thing here and then a completely different world here? And I know, listen, save me, well, sleep in your own bed makes that doesn't make that much of a difference. I mean, it's also not like these guys are going and staying at Econo Lodge. No offense, Econo Lodge, I love you. I mean, they're staying in nice places and they're traveling charter. You know, it's so when you're like, oh, it's obviously, but no, it, it makes a difference, yes. But, Josh, it shouldn't make that much of a difference. I've had the hardest. They are a completely different team. And, and granted, some of that scoring at home is skewed a bit by, um, oh, gosh, they, I don't think it was, it wasn't Tarleton State, like Towson. Albany or someone. Or, Towson State, thank you. I knew there was a T in it. I knew there was a T in it. My second guess was Albany. What is wrong with me today? But in all seriousness, you know, you're, Help me make sense of it. And it's a different thing they're having success with, it seems, every time their offense clicks at home. Um, how do you quantify that? right? How do you go into a game realizing, hey, they've made some of X, Y, and Z mistakes, but they don't make those same X, Y, and Z mistakes when they're at home? Oh, look, they've struggled fitting whenever teams align like that, but you see something similar when they're in Morgantown and they have success. Oh, their quarterback panics here, 
But when he's at home, he's not as panicky as he is on. I mean, again, that's got to be wild to try to prepare for and coach against. Yeah, I mean, you just have to expect that they're going to be good, right? You have to expect that they're going to be really good at home. 38.6 points per game, by the way, uh, offensively what they score when uh, you remove the Towson game at home. So that would be <laughs> – okay. that would be, eh. you know, I, I, well, I think nationally, I mean, that's that's pretty doggone good. Um, no, yeah, let me look real quick. But, you know, either way, I mean, they're much, much better at home than they are on the road, and the only thing you can chalk it up to is just the, the road crowd itself, right? I mean, part of it's the opponent, sure – but, uh, you know, more than anything, it's just the comfort of being at home, having the crowd behind you. And if you're Oklahoma, you got to expect that you got to be good, right? You have to be uh, right. the best version of yourself defensively, which Oklahoma we've seen once this season be good on the road defense. Well, twice, right? Nebraska and Iowa State. Right. They've got a couple of injury situations. I mean, Donaldson's, C.J. Donaldson's out for the year. Backup running back's been a little bit dinged up, though I think he kind of came into the season as their starter anyway. So this is this is a fascinating team. And then there's there's JT Daniels. So I went and I looked back at the the stats and watched a few highlights of Brent Venables and his Clemson defense against JT Daniels. And um, I, I quickly realized I needed to stop trying to take anything from that game. It's a great, great game. And defensively, Clemson frustrated JT Daniels a lot. But, Josh, they um, they also were spending a lot of time in the backfield. <laughs> and I, I, you know, my, my both, th- this applies to both of my teams, right? I would say teams that I cover. Yeah, even though I don't know anyone who's turning to me for Vegas Raider coverage. They're not getting any pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, it's this isn't just for JT Daniels. I mean, outside of Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, give me a couple others here, Josh. Scram- outside of those two guys specifically, when – When you allow a quarterback time, when you don't get pressure on the quarterback, you're going to get picked apart. I don't care about what level you're on. Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, they are the – and maybe even Bryce Young to a certain extent, though he struggled against pressure this year. They're the unicorns on this. They're the anomalies, right? But they've got to get pressure on the quarterback. And I even go back to Blake Shapin last week and some of the throws he had when when they threw the football. They had time. They have got to find a way to make JT Daniels uncomfortable because if they don't, Josh, we know West Virginia has some weapons at receiver. They've got some dudes that can make plays. They've got big matchups. And if you don't pressure him, he can pick you apart. The dude still can sling it. Absolutely. I mean, the kid was a five-star guy for a reason, right? He's not suddenly Mm -hmm. (laughs) incapable of beating you with his arm if called upon. That's the other thing, too, Plank, is – and we can do this probably every week the rest of the way here until it's proven otherwise that Oklahoma's made some legitimate adjustments defensively against the run. They have to make yep. West Virginia a team that has to throw it, right? I mean, Baylor's yep. M.O. last week was, look, we don't, we don't want to have to drop back and throw the football if we can avoid it. 
And by and large, they were able to, in, in spots, do that. So can Oklahoma, on first and second downs, force West Virginia to have to drop back and throw the football and to have right. to get into those types of situations where you, OU can pin its ears back and go rush a passer? Because yep. right now the MO, the book is out on OU. We're not going to have to throw. We're not going to throw unless we have to. Mm-hmm. And – I know that'll be uh, hard for Graham Harrell, and it will go against his DNA. But that's also a group who's kind of fighting and scratching to, to keep their jobs. So if it works, they'll do it. But that's what I've learned about West Virginia this week. I, I think on the flip side of it, before we break and, and get our picks, I think Oklahoma is going to have a chance to hit some big plays. I think they've got a chance to go out. Uh, and, and in the RPO game, I think they can have some success. I was talking with Mike Kazaza, who covers West Virginia for Earsports.com this morning, and he brought up some of the deficiencies in the secondary for West Virginia. And it's not because they don't have dudes. They just don't have talented dudes. When they went to the portal, they didn't swing for the guys that were leaving Alabama and Texas A&M or Tennessee of that nature. They went and got you know FCS guys and some group of five guys, and it just hasn't materialized in the secondary for West Virginia. So, to me, I think you've got a chance to have some success if you're Oklahoma throwing the football, hitting some big plays down the field. All right, when we come back, six-pack of picks, and we're done. We're done with the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fan. Okay, during the break, during the break, if you had the Premium Plus subscription, you would have heard Josh and I made a family decision. We don't have time in our final five minutes to get our six-pack of picks in. So we'll take that to Twitter.com as soon as the show wraps up. And to make sure we take care of our great sponsor, Elite Roofing System, we're going to bring you our who's on top, and we're going to put our focus on the Oklahoma Sooners. So, Josh Helmer. Elite Roofing Systems brings you our who's on top to take us home on a Friday. And by the way, we are very much creatures of habit. So if Oklahoma happens to win this weekend against West Virginia, we might have to wrap the show up every Friday with this, or at least for the next three weeks. So with your Elite Roofing Systems who's on top for Oklahoma against West Virginia. Let me ask you a question. Is Theo Weiss healthy? Go ahead. I don't know the answer to that question. I'm not BSing you. I don't know. I, I have I have no good answer for you on that. Well, okay, with that in mind. I feel like he's not. With that in mind, because I'm curious why it hasn't just totally come together for him this year, I to avoid just taking the obvious answer of a Marvin Mims, I think it's going to be a massive day right. in the throw game for Oklahoma. So I'll take Jaleel Farouk to have a big, big day I like for it. Oklahoma. I can't pick anybody defensively. I'd like to, but I, I just can't do it right now for OU. But I do think Dylan Gabriel, Mims, Farouk, all three of them, monster days for the Sooners, and I think that's what's going to guide Oklahoma to victory up in Morgantown. I, I wish there was – a guy that had been playing well enough on the defensive line that I could maybe choose. I, I, I wish that, and I know, again, speaking of guys who I don't know how, how healthy they are, you know, Ethan Downs has been a little dinged up. I know that, you know, Reggie Grimes has been a little dinged up. 
Jalen Redmond. We'll see if he plays on Saturday. But I, I wish I could take a defensive lineman. I wish I could. But I can't. So I like the way you're thinking. And, you know, you, you, you talk about avoiding the obvious in, in taking a Marvin Mims. Josh, I don't know if I can avoid the obvious here. I'm going to take... I'm going to take Dylan Gabriel. I think there is a chance for him to have a Kansas-like performance against West Virginia this weekend where Jeff Levy just comes out, has a bunch of throws dialed up, and they're just rolling. I think there's a chance that's what happens here this weekend, and I think there is an opportunity for Dylan Gabriel to go out and have a really good game. And, and oh, by the way – on the other side of it, if I'm, if this is the home of West Virginia Mountaineer fans and we're hosting a show there, Josh, we're probably saying the same thing about JT Daniels, right? Yeah. We're probably sitting here and going, man, JT's got a chance to go out and have a really big day today. So, you know, anything I feel like we're saying about Dylan Gabriel could probably be uh, attributed to the – West Virginia attack as well, though um, I, I really feel like they're gonna they're gonna go out and play well this weekend. I, there hasn't been a game that I've gone into outside of maybe Texas where I thought, but um, seems like they've had a good week of practice. We'll see if that can finally carry itself over to the field. All right, I'm jumping on a bird. Josh, have a great call tonight up in Tulsa. Thanks, man. KRefSports.tv, where everybody can tune into all of our playoff coverage. Have a safe trip, my man. Warrior Pride, everyone. We'll see you back here Monday on The Plank Show.